0: is making stitches and it's new year's eve 2021. This time i'm taking you out on the road with me and some of my guests on a road trip down memory lane. So it's saturday the 29th of may it's a day i've been looking forward to for so so long can't quite put it into words i'm off to the crochet sanctuary
1: Gemma what brings you here today um, well we're here today to do a small stitching or a crafting protest to do with uh, the climate crisis
2: i will never forget that feeling as i you know drove to the ferry port and revved bambi up into the ferry and everyone took photographs because bambi looked so odd and interesting and I thought, this is, this is good, it's sort of working. People are intrigued.
0: Well, that was quite a day. It's just gone five o'clock. I've just left Yarndale after being there for five and a half hours. I don't know where the time went. It was just fascinating. Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I do hope you had a great Christmas. I'm Lindsay and I'm really happy to be bringing you the second part of my review of 2021 as far as making stitches is concerned. As I said last time, it's been a great year for the podcast, which has seen it at the top spot of the Apple podcast charts for crafting in several countries around the world. It's even been listened to in six continents of the world. So that's not too bad going for a one woman operation with a microphone and a steam powered laptop, is it? Well, Thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast this year, to all of my guests and everyone who supported Making Stitches by spreading the word, liking and reviewing the podcast and even buying merchandise from the Making Stitches shop. In this episode I'm celebrating freedom, something we haven't had an awful lot of recently – when I first launched this podcast, I imagined I'd be scooting all over the place to do in-person interviews rather than remote online ones. And this spring, it finally happened. Way back in April 2020, the first guests on Making Stitches were Lisa Hesketh and Linda Rose-Simonini from the Crochet Sanctuary who offer crochet retreat days and weekends in Cheshire. In May, I was actually able to go and meet them for the first time in person when I joined them for a day of crochet, cherry blossom and friendship. Here's a little snippet of what I got up to that day.
3: (laughs) Uh, Right, so this afternoon's project, Theme of cherry blossom. Yes please. Um, if you <laughs> if you want to carry on working on your tea cozy, carry on, absolutely fine. This afternoon's project <laughs> is little yeah. cherry blossom egg cozy. So it's kind of like a bit of a breakfast set if you like. So you've got your egg cozy to match your tea cozy. Aww. And we've also done some napkin rings as well.
4: Ooh. So there's a little bit Hey Diane, there. you're a, a regular. Yes. At the sanctuary. Yes. How,
0: How long have
4: you been coming? Uh, since the first one. Wow. I've not been to everyone. Um, but I used to come for about four or five days a year, but I've now meandered into weekends and I prefer the weekends. You stay for a weekend and then I said Yeah, I'm Sam, yeah, I've stayed for a weekend with Diane. Yeah. And then I came with you after. after you stayed on your own, didn't you? And then I came after and it was, um, right, that's it, it's weekends for me now. It's a proper retreat. Love it. What do you like so much about it? Uh, it's just so relaxing, so friendly. Everything's easy easygoing. Uh, you can h- get help if you need it. You can sit back and do nothing if you don't want to. It doesn't matter, does it? Everything goes. And I believe today was a bit of a milestone for you. Uh, it was for
3: me. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it was for me. I've actually finished my first Crochet santra piece. Which is normally, I do it, and I, I, like you change halfway through because you've got your second project. And I take it home, and it sits at home. So I go home, and my husband says, have you actually managed to finish something today? So
4: I can actually take it home and say, Luke, I've done it. So, yeah, <laughs> makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know I was coming today oh. until about four weeks ago, and it was my birthday. Oh, and uh, a little excited Sam came running to our house and said, I brought you birthday present and I can't believe i would just open it now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. And I opened it up and it was obviously she bought me today as my birthday present, so I'm super chuffed to be here. Yeah. Oh wonderful. Because we last people... night, didn't we, and stayed over. We did. Went in the spa and We did. <clears throat> Massages and facials and jacuzzis and mm, wine. Yeah. <laughs> wine, yeah, <laughs> cracking too much of that. <laughs> I thought I'd never see me crochet today. <laughs>
0: That's Sam and Diane there, two crochet sanctuary regulars who spoke to me back in May. And that wasn't the only time I got the chance to crochet in a crowd this year. That came about after hearing from the truly inspiring Sarah Corbett from the Craftivist Collective when she told me about her plans for the summer.
5: For anyone who doesn't know what COP26 is, it's the UN Climate Conference. Um, So it happens every year, Um, in a different country and all world leaders come together to tackle climate change. So you might remember Copenhagen's COP21 was an absolute disaster. I was there on the streets and it was really upsetting that just nothing happened. But then we had the Paris COP a couple of years ago with Christina Figueres as the chair, who's an incredible woman who wore one of our stitched green hearts, which was amazing. Um, And now you have this Paris agreement that's really important and this it was cop was supposed to be last year but obviously with covid it didn't happen so it's going to be in november this year in glasgow um for 10 days and it's a little bit like our make poverty history moment if people remember in the UK and Glen Eagles which also is in Scotland you had people on the streets and you know because England even though we're so small the world does look at us and it, you know and we English language is still a very um, a language that lots of people now so it really feels like such an important moment for us because not only you know global warming is creeping closer to a lot of us are already affecting the most vulnerable people in the world And I was thinking the last few months, I do a lot with different charities. And I was like, I kept asking them, what are you doing for COP? What are you doing for COP? And a lot's planned from September onwards. But as crafters, we need more time to do things and not just do things quickly. And I thought, I, you know, where's again, like all listeners, it's really important to think, where do I have influence? Where do I have power? And, you know, really focus on that, not just what do I have a passion for? And I'm really, you know, Proud that the craftivist collective it has a good reputation as of being effective and gentle. People know me. Hopefully, cr- hopefully more crafters will after this. Um, to trust that I'll do something you know strategic and thoughtful and and not just big and brash. So I kept thinking, oh, what what we've got to do? The craft community has got to do something. Like we're growing in the UK and in the world. We're thoughtful. We're growing a lot of people of all different political persuasions are part of the craft community which is really important because climate change is not a political party issue and shouldn't be and we need everyone involved and a lot of crafters that engage with the crafters community um a bit nervous of more extrovert forms of activism or might be housebound or anxious people If they're not lefty politically, they might not feel included by different activist groups already out there. So I've come up with a project that I'm going to launch the 1st of June and it will lead up to COP, but you can also use it after COP as well. But um, I would love over the summer, my goal really, and what I'm working towards at the moment, is to try and galvanise the craft community this summer, so June to September to make these beautiful little canary beds so real life size if you can in whatever craft you're good at which is different to our projects that are normally um one type of craft so you can do crochet knitting felt um hand embroidery even cross stitch you know all listeners you know imagine what you can make as a beautiful canary bed on your own as a and using the process I'll have craft of thought questions for you to think through about what you can do on climate change and how you can encourage others and world leaders and then we're going to ask you to take a picture of your canary somewhere in public um with a lovely little banner and I'll have different patterns for people as well, but you can use your own pattern saying about how we're joining the race to zero, uh, the hashtag race to zero, which is the UN global campaign, which is brilliant and got lots of different actions you can take that aren't craft related. So it'll be about joining the race to zero emissions and joining the craftivists and joining the craft community to say, we really care about this. Canaries, it's not about dead canaries people. You know, canaries, if you don't know, are they search for clean air. So they're really beautiful, you know, they're yellow, which is very hopeful, they're delicate, they sing beautifully. We're focused on yellow canaries, not other canaries, and we want them to hold the little banners in their beaks or in their legs or on little say, saying we are part of the race to zero. How can you be part of it too?
0: After speaking to Sarah, I was inspired to get involved in her canary. Craftivist campaign and was part of the Manchester flock of canary craftivists who gathered together in the centre of the city in July to raise awareness about the climate crisis by gently protesting and making canaries. Six-year-old Evie was the flock's youngest member.
6: And crafting out of natural things like leaves and making stuff to convince people to save the world. That's
0: amazing. What a lovely thing to do on a Saturday morning. Why do you think it's
6: important that we uh, we look after our planet? Because if we if we don't look after our planet, then it, it's going to get too hot and nature will be destroyed. Yes. And then it will make it a terrible place to live, won't yeah. it?
0: So what do you think you're achieving, then, by being here today?
6: Um, I'm, I think I'm just doing a great job and doing what I can do. makes me feel happy. And using nature is good, but I but I don't want to draw, destroy too much of it. No, well, they're just
0: leaves that have fallen onto the floor anyway, haven't yeah. they? So that's perfect use for them.
6: Yes,
0: actually picking them off trees. <laughs> Definitely.
6: Yes. So, do you have a message for anybody who's listening? Well, any if if you don't if you don't know what climate change is, it's where um it's where the earth gets hotter because the um um, um <coughs> where the sunlight hits the earth and it bounces back off into space. And that makes it hotter on Earth, which makes it dangerous for animals that can't live too hot. And it can destroy nature too. My word, it sounds like you've done a lot
0: of work on this. Is it something you talk about at school? No, not really. Ah, so it's come from home then. Yeah. Well, it's very important that we let we tell everybody about it, isn't it, really? Yes. Evie, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Gemma, what brings you here today? Um, well, we're here today to do a small stitch-in or a crafting protest to do with uh, the climate crisis, uh, to try to encourage people to think about taking action and speaking to their MPs. Uh, to see whether climate crisis could be higher on those MPs' agendas.
0: And what, What's? Uh, you, you brought your daughter with you today.
1: I and she's incredibly
0: knowledgeable about, uh, about the environment. How important do you believe it is that we educate
1: young people and old people alike in this way? I think it's incredibly important. Um, I think it's important because we need to be thinking about the future of the planet for our children. They're going to inherit that. Um, and to learn now while they're young that they can take action and they can have a voice and they can speak to people who are in positions of power and influence I think that's really important
0: Now this is classed as gentle protest um, and it's a really quiet, really sedate and I'm not somebody who goes along to, to major protest as, as a habit um, what would you say to people who are maybe thinking I don't know if it's for me
1: It isn't well, protesting isn't for everybody. There are different kinds of protests, like you said. It's not that we're not all individuals who would go along to something that's big. Um, and even today, I guess, is at, at the limits of what's my usual comfort zone, to be out in town dressed in yellow, to be, um, have people stop and ask what we're doing. But actually, I think it's really nice to be able to engage with people in this way. So I think to people who aren't sure it's for them, they could maybe give it a go and see, or sit with what is in, within, their, um, within their limits or their sphere of confidence and maybe do something at home. You can still have a voice from home and craft something and send it to somebody. Um, and I think that, that knowing that, knowing that your voice will join other voices even if you're not with those people at that time, I think that's another way to do things.
0: That was Gemma and Evie from the Manchester Flock of Canary Craftivists. If you'd like to find out more about the Canary Craftivists or the Craftivist Collective in general, you can find a link to Sarah Corbett's website in the show notes, where you'll see that Sarah has a new book all about this summer's canary project for sale. Well, it's New Year's Eve Have you got any crafty New Year's resolutions? Is there a new skill you'd like to learn or perhaps there are a few unfinished projects or whips in your possession which need completing? I went along to Black Sheep Wool's in Warrington before Christmas and asked the ladies there about their New Year's resolutions for 2022.
7: I'd really like to have a go at doing some colour work. Um, Working at Black Sheep Wool's, obviously, you meet lots of customers, and I've and uh, you know, it's good to learn new skills. And um, I've knitted socks only one pair. Well, I say one pair, I knitted one, and I'm only halfway through the second. Um, So I've had a go at that, and colour work is something I haven't done a lot of, So, and I would also like to do um, one of the professional finishing courses because that's something that I struggle with, sewing garments up neatly afterwards, so I'd like to have a go at one of those as well. Well, probably the same as everybody, I need to
2: finish lots of things. Um, I've got a lovely uh, crocheted eclectic jumper that's probably about three quarters done. Uh, And really isn't that tricky to finish, so I need to do that before I do anything else.
0: (laughs) Thank you to Tracy and Lucy there for sharing their crafty resolutions with me. Another of my guests from the last episode was Kate Blackburn, a crafter from Manchester, who makes beautiful hand-stitched cards. Here's what she had to say about her plans for the new year.
7: New Year's resolutions, I definitely want to spend more time per week creating, that's a definite one i waste far too much time procrastinating doing things that don't really give me anything back so yeah i need to make some proper time every week to and not just for the making cards things you know other projects for myself um yeah that's really that's that would do it
0: I think that's probably a New Year's resolution that lots of us yeah. crafters are thinking about.
7: <laughs> I think so. Everyone's got, yes, I must make more time for me.
0: <laughs> there will be some more crafty resolutions coming up later, but first another couple of reflections on the year that's just been. In July, I was thrilled to be able to speak to former BBC Europe correspondent Mary Jane Baxter, who decided to change direction from her demanding career in newsrooms, reporting on major news stories and disasters, and focus on what made her truly happy – making, and in particular, sewing. She left her job, bought an old camper van by the name of Bambi, which she decorated with vintage wallpaper samples – Kitted it out with essentials, including a hand crank sewing machine, and set off on an incredible road trip.
2: I found somebody to rent my flat, and um, in fact, a friend ended up staying there for a bit. And I had, you know, I had about six months where I knew that I would financially survive. And I thought, well, if I maybe do a few pop ups on the way, or I sell a few hats or a few books, um, I'll be able to make a bit to contribute to the journey. So I'd, I'd planned a little bit. Um, I thought, well, I'll stay with people I know and, you know, obviously stay in Bambi. So I set off on St. George's Day in um, 2015. So it's April. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. I love, I'll never forget that joy I felt of just setting off in the van, complete with loads of loads of making stuff. And, you know, the essentials for life on the road. I'd I'd made sure that the van was roadworthy. It didn't have any electricity on the inside. There was no um, fridge. There was no water. There was no loo. But I did have a little gas hob so I could cook and make coffee or tea. Um, So it was like camping, really. Glamping, shall we say. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was just so lovely to set off on the journey that I was in control of. So I wasn't being posted to cover something horrible. I was just doing what I wanted to do. I was just free to roam. And, you know, given that we've all been so stuck and so hemmed in, I look back now and I think, what a joy, what a privilege that was to just set off with no agenda. Um... I didn't really cross my mind you know that i was a woman careering towards 50 and that this was a rather odd thing to do i just didn't think about it i just thought this will be this will be interesting and um yeah i'll never forget that feeling as i you know drove to the ferry port and revved bambi up into the ferry and everyone took photographs because bambi looked so odd and interesting and i thought this is this is good you <laughs> know this is this is Good, it's it's sort of working, people are intrigued. And um yeah, it was it was amazing. Um and I remember getting off the other side in Calais and driving to a French supermarket and buying lots of nice French treats for the journey. And then I went to Belgium and stayed with friends in Lille for a little bit, and that's where I did my first workshop um, with some friends' children. And from there, I sort of planned out a rough itinerary, taking in some textile locations, things that I wanted to see, people I wanted to interview, um, other friends who I knew would be able to put me up. And um, so step by step, I sort of, you know, dotted around. I went back to Brussels where I'd worked, which was completely in contrast to my previous life, you know, driving, the streets looking like a hippie in a wallpapered van Um, you know whereas just a few years earlier I'd been this Eurocrat really Um, and then branched out and just set off into the French countryside not really knowing where the road would lead it was wonderful it was wonderful at first (laughs) (laughs) wasn't always wonderful it was actually also quite challenging and lonely at times it Mm -hmm. wasn't all
8: wonderful.
0: You can find the full story about Mary Jane's adventure in Bambi in episode 23. In September, I headed off on my own road trip, not as far as Mary Jane's, just across the Pennines from Manchester to Skipton in North Yorkshire for the Yarndale Festival. My first visit to Yarndale in 2016 had been a real joy, a complete sensory overload of crafts, colours, inspiration and lots and lots of yarn. I'd hoped to attend last year but sadly as with so many things in 2020 it was a casualty of Covid although a brilliant virtual event did take place. This year though Yarndale was back and it was such a treat to go along and see a familiar face as well as meet lots of new people too. The first person I bumped into when I arrived was Yvonne, who I'd met on my previous visit. She told me about the project she'd been involved in in the run-up to this year's festival.
3: We got a lovely um, knitted blanket all made into little squares. The lovely lady sewn them all together so we, it was donated to my shop in sense Charity and we thought right okay we'll see what we can do to upcycle it so I attached a few bits. But i really want to know who she is i want to know who is the lovely lady that donated it because it really has just it's got a second lease of life and it's beautiful absolutely beautiful. thank you but i can't take full credit I, I need this other lady to be able to come and stand and take credit for it because it is actually just yeah it's lovely and bright and happy which is how we want it absolutely um, yes. so it's in the hub just underneath all the beautiful yarn yes. oh i know the ever famous bunting I think we need to see if we can make more and more and more to the point where you can't see the ceiling. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be quite a job to put it up. I imagine yeah, it's we'll quite need a big well, enough job already. Yeah, we'll need at least another two or three years, I think, maybe just to get to that point. But that would be lovely, though, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Oh, well, if It's been an absolute oh, treat. Oh, I feel like nipping you. myself. In fact, I will. I'll nip myself. I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. It's so lovely to see you. So, and I want to hug you, but we're not allowed. No, We've got to be allowed. good. We've got to be good. We've got to be good. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years we'll have a bigger hook. That sounds like a plan. lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. And you've got your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Air high five. Air high
8: five. Yay! I've
0: just been stopped in my tracks by the size of your
8: crochet hook. That's really kind of you. These have been um, going on for quite some time. It was my dad and I that started this. Um, I basically have loads and loads of yarn everywhere. And I wanted to um, knit it all up, but there was oddballs. I might have four or five of one colour, but then one of another and things like that. So I thought, if I combine them together to make a big strand, I need a big pair of knitting needles to get a big throw made, a big blanket. And he always tinkered with things and made things. So he had an old broom handle, handy, and I said to him, will you make me a pair of needles? And he laughed and everything, but he made them. And off I went, and I made this first blanket. But I've always worked with yarn. I've always worked demonstrating as well, teaching people to knit and things. So this particular day, um, I was at Yarndale, and it was the first Yarndale ever. And I, I said to him, make us some more needles. Um, and he laughed and thought it was funny. So I brought them along to Yarndale. Cut a long story short, they sold out within literally ten minutes so wow. I'm like, on the phone, Dad, make some more, get some more made. So he started making some more. I got them on Amazon. It sounds dead easy, but it were It took me a long time to get there, but I got them on Amazon. They started selling. He never thought they'd sell, and we just started a little business from it. Then we got asked for crochet hooks, so he started to make the crochet hook. He took him a year to get it just right because he, he was very much a perfectionist, so he had to get it just right. Then they launched... Um, got those on Amazon, they started selling like mad. Then people wanted shorter needles, so it's some shorter ones, which I call accessory needles, so like the hats, scarves, things like you don't need as many stitches on. Cable needle, then obviously to do the cables, and then I got some demonstrating work actually with a friend in America, saw the Tunisian, they're mad on Tunisian in America, so I said right we need a Tunisian, and they did laugh big time at that. Um, After that, he said, You you'll never sell them. We'll give you a pound for every one you sell and I'm like, That's no and he went no anyway they they did, they started selling. As soon as I started demonstrating them they were they were selling and We've got this little niche, little niche line now. I'm with Carol Renison, one of the organisers of Yarndale, and she's on her own stall, Hooked by
0: Design. <laughs> Carol, having spoken to you twice for making stitches already, it's lovely to meet you
7: in yes, person. Yes, yes, lovely to see you, Lindsay. Absolutely fantastic to see you in the flesh and seeing your lovely crochet cardigan. Oh, well, thank you I very much. you've made yourself. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great to be amongst creative people and seeing what they're wearing, seeing the garments that, yes. you know, they've spent money on and bought the yarn and i just love to see what people are wearing yes there's a
0: couple of jumpers that i've really got a hankering for that have passed me several times i'm kind of following them up the alleyway (laughs) (laughs) well it's wonderful to be here carol i was so hoping i'd be able to come along last year and of course covid got in the way yes how nice to be here with other people and enjoying such creativity again.
7: Yes, it's absolutely amazing. It's it's spine-tingling, really, to think about it. Gosh, it's almost difficult, actually, to think kind of what we've been through and the uncertainty of it all. And even mid this year, it's can we, can't we, shall we, shan't we? How's things going to be? And just the unknown. So to actually be here on the Saturday, amongst all the exhibitors and the visitors, thank you for coming. It's truly amazing. It really is. Thank you to everybody.
0: My thanks to Yvonne, Dewey and Carol there for speaking to me along with all my other guests in the Yarndale episode. 2021 was the year for me to learn a new skill, sock knitting. I learnt to knit before I could crochet but it never really clicked for me in the way crochet did. However, after speaking to the lovely Christine Perry, who's also known as Winnick Mum for episode 31, I was inspired to have a go myself. I'm now the proud owner of a pair of hand-knitted socks and I plan to make some more soon. I asked Christine, who's already responsible for teaching people to knit over 15,000 pairs of socks around the world, what her New Year's resolution was.
2: I don't really make New Year's resolutions for myself, so other than to do more of the same, blog posts patterns tutorials and knitting a fair few pair of socks not much is going to change on that front what I will be doing though, is helping other people with their New Year's resolutions it's a great time of year to decide to learn something new and I'll be doing my best to help people knit their first pair of socks whether for themselves or for someone else and hopefully this is going to be one resolution that lasts all year
0: It's quite appropriate that this should go out on New Year's Eve because on New Year's Eve last year, I set myself a challenge to do something I'd never done before, an achievable New Year's resolution, which didn't involve giving up something I'm fond of. That was to design some amigurumi patterns of my own. So as I sat in front of the New Year's Eve television shows exactly a year ago tonight with my crochet hook and yarn in hand, as well as a glass of something bubbly, I began my first prototype amigurumi doll. By the end of January, I'd made Hope the Snowdrop, who became one of my first pattern releases, Since then with an awful lot of help from my lovely artist friend Emma Jackson who's designed the pattern layout and drawn fabulous illustrations I've been able to publish four beautifully illustrated crochet patterns from the Up the Garden Path range. So far there are Hope, Flora the Gardener, Holly and Ivy for sale in the Making Stitches shop and in the coming months there will be more added to the collection. So that was my New Year's resolution for 2021 achieved, I needed to have something positive to look forward to after the washout that was 2020 and it kept me going during the months of lockdown and homeschooling which lay ahead of me at the start of this year. It was a double first for me, my first patterns designed and my first time truly sticking to a New Year's resolution. Perhaps I should quit while I'm ahead and not set any more for this year. Someone else who's helped me a great deal this year and who I met in person for the first time at the Crochet Sanctuary is Amanda from Mrs G Makes. Amanda has a wonderful online shop selling stitch markers, badges, scissor fobs and project bags as well as lots of other crafty bits and pieces. In recent months as I set up my own online shop she has very generously offered help and advice along the way and I'm really grateful for it all. In the run-up to Christmas, Amanda, who this year branched out into YouTube videos, set herself the target of posting a video a day for her Vlogmas series. And it was during that time that I caught up with her for a chat.
9: I haven't been making them for that long. I think it was 2019 that I started. And I was sat in my attic craft room, surrounded by... All my paraphernalia for the different crafts that I've attempted over the years. And I was sat there merrily crocheting away, feeling very happy, thinking, I've found my happy place. Crochet is the craft for me. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to crochet for the rest of my life, sat in my red chair in my craft attic, happy days. And I felt quite a sense of relief that I could now. Um, part ways with all of the other crafts that I'd tried over the years. The sewing, the card making, the jewellery making, knitting. I didn't even want to do knitting anymore. Um, But I thought, i tell you what, I've seen on um, Pinterest, I've seen some very nice stitch markers made out of uh, charms. And i have got all of these charms and beads from when I was doing jewellery making. So I thought, I'll just make some for myself uh, before I part ways with all of them. I'll pick my favourite charms out and make myself some stitch markers. So I did that, thoroughly enjoyed it, posted a picture on Instagram of what I created, as you do, um... And the response was amazing. My friends were like, oh, Amanda, will you be selling those? Um, because if you are, I'd like to buy some, please. Um, and I thought, well, I suppose I could, yes, all right. I'll, I'll you know, use up my um, stash of charms and make some stitch markers. And it just took off from there, really um i attended a crochet sanctuary weekend not long after that and all of my friends who were there said will you be bringing your stitch markers so that we can you know have a look there yes i said i'll, I'll bring them with me and i passed a little box around the room it went round everybody and they all had to rummage um and everybody was just keen for me to make more so i thought oh okay, well, maybe this is something that I could do, a little part-time business from home in my attic, you know, fitting around my family commitments. Sounds perfect. And and that's where it took off from, really. Uh, I've come to realise there is no such thing as a part-time business in a small attic space. Um, so I've now expanded down to our one of our old um we had a small snug living room that nobody used. Uh so I've now taken over that downstairs and I'm running out of space in here rapidly. Um but I absolutely love it. It still makes me very, very happy. I love shiny things. I'm like a magpie and I get terribly excited when the postman delivers me new parcels of goodies and i can't wait to open them and see you know uh, what's inside and i think that is the secret it's really important particularly when you run your own business that you have to really enjoy what you're doing otherwise it just becomes a slog um and and hard work and i've always said i'll keep doing this for as long as i enjoy doing it um and i enjoy it very much (laughs)
0: Oh, that's lovely to hear that you've actually you've you've tapped into your passion. Really,
9: that's right, and I feel like it um, it's a win win situation because I managed to carry on crocheting, use my stitch markers. Uh, a lot of my inspiration comes from the designers and the fabulous um, patterns that they create, and I've been. honoured to work with some fantastic yarn dyers and designers who have asked me to create bespoke stitch markers for their projects and that's something i never ever imagined that i would ever be doing and that's that's a wonderful process that is you know i love having online meetings with um the designers and them talking about you know, what their project is and me getting some little secret glimpses into, you know, the, the patterns before anybody else. Um, and then my mind just goes into overdrive and, you know, I start uh, creating from there. Uh, it's a wonderful process. Uh, and like I said, something I never imagined I would be doing.
0: Something else you've been doing recently, of course, is your YouTube videos and your vlogmas, which I believe has been a, a huge success too.
9: It has. I've been quite overwhelmed by people's response to this Um, and I'm delighted that people are enjoying them because I really enjoy making these daily videos. I'm trying to keep them sort of 20 minutes and under because I know everybody's really busy um, at this time of year in particular. So I thought if I can make videos that are approximately 20 minutes in length if someone sat down for a coffee or to do a couple of rows of their crochet, they can sit and um, sort of listen and watch me uh, rambling on about my day. Um, but I've picked a, a topic for the whole of Vlogmas, and that's where I'm investigating my long forgotten whip bags because, you know, I am a serial whipper and... I need to get this under control. And so I'm asking everybody's, um, for everybody's help that watch the videos, um, is it a keeper or a weeper? So, you know, do I keep the project or is it a weeper and I have to frog it and, you know, repurpose the yarn in another project? And it has been really, really helpful because some projects I've known exactly that, you know, what I want to do. But there's been a couple where I've not been quite sure what to do, Um, you know, with the yarn. Some things, you know, I've started, but do I finish it? Or do I leave it where it is and reaper, you know, instead of it becoming a blanket, will it become a cushion uh, cover instead? So that seems to have generated a lot of interest. And I think possibly that's because I'm not alone with having a lot of languishing whips.
0: <laughs> what makes you think that, Amanda? <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, Lindsay, tell me, are you a serial whipper?
0: I have been known to start and not finish a few things in my time, I have to say, yes. <laughs> I can identify.
9: <laughs> well, it's, I spend about 15 minutes going through the, the project um, you know, that I discover in a whip, in in the whip bag and actually it's i've found that it's a very quick way of sorting out you know what was a mess in my attic is suddenly becoming a lot clearer because i am processing these things and perhaps i should take that on into other aspects of my housework spend 15 minutes you know tidying up one particular thing and if i did that each day um you know, I think I could get on top of things a lot easier. So, yeah, it's a win-win for me, really, because, like I say, I'm I'm sorting something out that hasn't been touched for a very long time, and discovering all my four millimeter hooks. Yes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> all my hooks are languishing in the project bags.
0: It'll be interesting to know when you when you finally get to Christmas how many four millimeter hooks you've been reunited with. You'll have to do a tally. <laughs>
9: Well, I think I found three so far in the first week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad going. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's always, it's 3.5 and 4 millimetres that I always lose as well. Because I think most projects seem to be on those hooks anyway, don't they? So you just they leave do. your hook in the bag with the project and then the next good thing comes along and you forget all about it. <laughs> now, looking ahead to Christmas, Amanda, what, what are your Christmas crafty wishes? Do you have any?
9: Well, I probably overcommitted myself, really. Um, realistically, I think that I'm going to... I've, I managed to get hold of one of the Shapier's Crimbo Limbo um, mystery boxes, uh, which were very highly sought after. And um, that, that was an interesting day, trying to get hold of that, because everywhere was sold out. But um, that's quite a long story, so I probably won't bore you with those details. But I managed to get a Crimbo Limbo box, so that will be opened on Christmas uh, Day. And I will plan to do that um, between Christmas and New Year. And then New Year, sort of thinking ahead to New Year, I must not start any new project Because all of these whip bags that I've been looking through during Vlogmas... Are projects that I need to finish in twenty twenty two I need to set myself that target of making sure I finish those that I have um that have been keepers during my vlogmas uh videos.
0: You've been very and disciplined can... doing these videos every day. Are you going to be able to be as disciplined with your uh, your resolutions though?
9: <laughs> oh, losing that was below the belt. That thing. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm a bit winded by that one. Because
0: um... <laughs> I know what my like answer I... would be.
9: <laughs> well, I'd like to think I could be disciplined. Um, when oh, when I've opened these project bags. It's been quite an emotional roller coaster because each project you have memories of when you started that and and then that makes you remember things that were happening in your life as well at that time and it makes you realize how important crochet is it isn't just a process you know there's always a story behind a project Even if you don't think there is, there actually is. And that's really become apparent to me through opening the project bags and discovering other bits that are in the bag as well. You know, there might have been something from holiday, you know, a receipt in the project bag or something. And then that reminds me of the fact that I was working on that project while I was on holiday with my family. And so it then provokes all those emotions. So i really, the projects that I've chosen to keep, I really, really want to finish it so that I have all those memories surrounding me and not hidden in the project bag.
0: Do you know, you've really hit the nail on the head because, yes, it's, it is more than just a process. It's something that can get you through the hardest of times, which so many of us have experienced over the last couple of years, really. And, uh, yeah, there's so much invested into each stitch as well as the finished item.
9: There really is, Lindsay. There really is. Um, and I, I don't think I truly appreciated that until I started the Vlogmas um, videos um, and going through that process of looking at a different bag each day and not knowing what was in the bag. That was the other thing. It wasn't like I pre-prepared or anything. It was just like, right, there's a bag there. I'll pick that up and have a look. So, yeah, I'm glad I did it that way as well. Um, because it means then the emotions are genuine uh, that people are seeing.
0: And my thanks again to Amanda for all her help this year and for speaking to me for this special episode of Making Stitches. Well, that's it for this year. It's been a rather busy one, hasn't it? If you'd like to listen back to any of the previous episodes, they're all still available online for you. I couldn't include every one in my review of the year, but there are some real treasures amongst the Making Stitches back catalogue. Thank you to all of my guests on the podcast so far. I've loved hearing your stories and being able to share them too. If you'd be interested in taking part in a future episode and sharing your own Stitch story, please do get in touch with me. I'll put the email in the show notes. Thank you to you two for listening I've loved having your company if you haven't yet left a review on your favorite podcast app I'd love it if you could that'd help other people find making stitches in future and if you'd like to see my up the garden path crochet designs or the podcast merchandise you can find that in the making stitches shop and you can find a link to there in the show notes for this episode too. All that remains is for me to say thank you again for listening and for your support this year. I hope you and your loved ones have a really happy and healthy new year. I'll be back again in two weeks time with another truly inspiring maker story for you. Until then, do keep safe and enjoy your crafting.